Lifetime, the athletic country club of the Minnesota Vikings, champions healthy, happy kids, and families. Learn more at lifetime.life forward slash kids. Big Muse. Big Muse. Big Muse. This preseason, he definitely was jumping out on making plays and and, and amongst everybody else that was supposed to be kind of on his level, he was somebody that was jumping out game after game, making catches and and moving the sticks. The Minnesota Vikings have invested heavily in their secondary. We talked about eight offensive linemen, five defensive linemen. There's 11 guys from the secondary that made the initial 53-man roster. No passes caught. The initial 53-man roster is set, and we break it all down right here today on the Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Gabe Henderson. I'm alongside Vikings.com's Tatum Everett and Jay Nelson. And guys, the cream has risen to the top. The Minnesota Vikings 53-man, I guess initial 53-man roster. And I want to emphasize initial because there's going to be – Yeah, exactly. There's going to be a lot of moves made by this team between now and week one. But as we stand today, 53-man roster is kind of divided equally, offensive-defense, 25 on offense, 25 on defense, and then three specialists. Uh, Jay, I'll start with you. When you look at this initial roster, yep. what excites you about it? Um, the fact that there is a fun influence of younger people on this roster. We've been talking for the last couple of years now about kind of this soft relaunch or at least soft uh, setup here by the, the new regime in the front office. To me, feels like seeing a bunch of younger talent actually getting a shake here and being able to kind of they've proven themselves this offseason and and some of the moves and I think these guys are legitimately showing that they're belonging on an NFL roster and so for me it was fun to see a bunch of infusion of younger guys we I think we went from one of the oldest teams on roster in the last couple years to probably one of the younger ones at this point and it's just cool to see those guys who have put the time and effort and blood, sweat, and tears into it and have really earned that spot make this Vikings roster. And you're really starting to feel like this is this front office's team. Yeah. It's a lot of guys that they brought in from their connections throughout the league for the past few years and seasons and 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 t- new talent that they're trying to uh, progress. And I feel like they really – Felt great. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. How many times do we talk about these like, oh, undrafted, undrafted rookie free agents? Like these guys are going to make splashes. And like sometimes they do. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case all the time. But then you have Ivan Pace Jr. and Andre yeah. Carter, who we talked about in the show right after the draft being like, watch out for these two guys. Like they may not have gone drafted, but they can make a roster. And both of them yeah. do. So I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, three undrafted guys actually make the roster this year, including Najee Thompson, on top of what Tatum just said with Andre Carter II, and Ivan Pace Jr. But speaking on the offensive side of the ball, I want to start there first. I want to start with the quarterbacks because there are three quarterbacks that actually made the roster. Kirk Cousins, Nick Mullins, and the rookie, Jaron Hall. Jay, when you look at Tatum, I'll start with you. When you look at just the three quarterbacks that made the roster, was there any surprises there? No, I think that if you had listened to what Kevin O'Connell said last week about the emergency quarterback rule, Jaron Hall has to be on the active roster and then he would be lim- he'd be ruled as inactive for a game day in order to be used as a third emergency quarterback. That is, if it, if Kirk Cousins goes down and then Nick Mullins gets injured in a game, you have someone there. And I think that's exactly what Kevin O'Connell talked about. He was very open about how they want to continue progressing with Jaron and see what he can do. 
he looks at him as, I, I don't want to say like, I, I'd say an opportunity, not a project, because I think that's project can definitely have a negative connotation, nope. an opportunity to maybe develop someone in the system and see what he has. And he'll be able to be getting meaningful rep throughout, maybe not meaning, very, very meaningful, but but reps at practice and things like that with the active roster and no one can pick him up. So I think that that's the reasoning behind the three quarterbacks, which is something that we haven't seen here in a little bit. Yeah. And I think part of it too, is that if you had looked probably prior to that third preseason game, you would think maybe he's a guy that could slide through on waivers. I feel like in that third one where he got the entire game to kind of showcase, there were some dart throws that he was hitting, some really tight windows, and he was showing whether it was trying to extend plays with his feet or you know just hitting some decent passes. There's something there to work with, and I think having a head coach who's a former quarterback and having a, a guy in West Phillips who I think likes to be able to work with some of these different quarterback-style guys – to me, it just felt like you weren't going to be able to slide him through on the sly and let him go. Somebody was going to be willing to bring him in as a practice squad guy or a third string guy, give him a shot if they had let him go. So I think he, you know, to his credit, he handcuffed the the front office to knowing that, you know, we just if we want to keep this guy, we have to put him on this 53-man roster. So kudos to him for making the difficult uh, decision for the front office, but it was at least exciting to see that you've got not only a guy in in Mullins who kind of solidified himself as your number two, but you do have a guy, it feels like, who's in that third slot currently who can develop a little bit more, and Mm -hmm. we'll see what the heck he turns into. Before we get to the offensive lineman, I'm going to get through the next three position groups, starting with the running back group. The Minnesota Vikings keep three running backs in Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, and Kane Wangwu. C.J. Ham makes the team. He's listed as a fullback, but he's listed as a running back on the roster. But we all know what that means. And then when you move down, you look at the receivers. This was something that really stood out to me because there was about nine guys in play for five or six oh, receiver yeah. roles on this 53-man roster. The Vikings decide to go with six receivers, starting with the one and only Justin Jefferson, then K.J. Osborne, then Jordan Addison, Jalen Naylor, Jalen Rager and Brandon Powell rounding out the tight end room. The Vikings decide to go four tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, Josh Oliver, Nick Muse, and Johnny Munn. I just named three position groups. Were there any surprises in those three position groups? Big Muse. Big Muse. Big Muse. And that's, and I, and I mean that like as a good surprise, that was really cool to see. I think he just, you know, he, I, I listened to one of his press conference recently or scrums after practice recently. And he was just, very open about how like last year he was just kind of like in over his head. He the NFL was a lot like it was a lot for him to to understand, to comprehend, to like wrap his mind around. And like he just feels so much more comfortable this year. And you can see that and whether or not it's TJ getting in the room and being a good uh, someone to bounce things off of, you know, having Johnny Munt there, a guy who's been in the league for multiple seasons, Josh Oliver. I mean, he's in such a great room. And you can even argue the tight, couple of tight ends behind him had some great preseasons as well. The tight end sure. group was awesome. But it is nice to see like a guy that they invested a draft pick in from the year before, really turning a corner here in year two, potentially. Um, he's a, He wants to get more involved in special teams, and that's really what he, his bread and butter right now. And so that's what they'll count on him as. But if they need an extra lineman in there or something, that would be of, of note too. But I think it's awesome to see him in there as someone who really I don't think I, – I think people were like, how do they have room for him? Sure. But they made room for him. And that's just it. It feels like with him, he was somebody who came in as a six foot five tight end and everyone's just seeing 
saying he's got all the skills, he's got the prototype body, at least, you know, size and height wise and everything. And again, this preseason, he definitely was jumping out on yeah. making plays and, and and amongst everybody else that was supposed to be kind of on his level, he was somebody that was jumping out game after game, making catches and, and moving the sticks. So to get a guy like that and have a embarrassment of riches there at the tight end position, that's a huge help. Um, you know, I think there were questions publicly about what was going to happen with Kane. Um, having him as that fourth running back, or at least having him in there, I know after uh, being out here for for preseason, um, I think it's great to again have some more depth there at that running back position. Um, you know, you got Alexander coming in and, and taking the the bulk of the load there from what uh, Delvin had before, but. I just think that there's going to be a lot of need to have some depth there. And we all know the speed that Kane has on special teams. It just feels like um, being able to retain him here and feeling like the coaches feel like they know what they're going to get from him. Felt like it was important enough to keep him. So, um, yeah, those two guys, at least within those two uh, position groups, were the ones that really stood out to me. Uh, Wide receiver-wise, I think it was kind of known at least for those positions. I think two of the people – were ones that have people have been questioning and just kind of saying what was going to happen with Powell, what was going to happen with Rager, and even with Naylor um, as the third. Um, and the fact that they've got all three of those guys currently within that group, I think that's a very, very solid receiving core. Yeah, that that is a really good, really good receiving core. You 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 got six guys there that can all make plays. They all made plays, whether that was in training camp or preseason. And uh, just that wide receiver room is. I mean, we talked about it before, is the deepest position group on this Minnesota Vikings team on the offensive side of the ball, per se. I know people might say safety's on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, I, I really enjoy our, our running back committee. Uh, Alexander Madison finally getting you know the carries that he deserves after sitting a few years behind Dalvin Cook and then Ty Chandler coming off of injury last year. He's finally going to be the guy behind him, as it says right now on this current roster. Kane Wongwu, we know what he can do in the, the, the kick return game. For they, sure. You guys both said that. So um, there, there's no surprises there. Four tight ends, like like Tatum said, Nick Muse. You, you, how can you not be happy for a guy? When you watch his mic'd up, that's on Vikings.com right now. You're just like, can can he be on my team? Like, can can we like <laughs> play this guy? Every, right. <laughs> and he he understands the the quality or the balance of being uh, a professional athlete and being a human being. And not many guys know how to do that because they take the game of football a little bit too serious, which he kind of said last year. You know, as a rookie, things were swimming. But when you get to a a group that is that has been around each other a lot, this offensive line committee is a group that has been. <laughs> You know, through some some great times together and some rough times together, but at the same time, the fact that they're together again that builds that cohesiveness. You got your starting five offensive linemen back: Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland, Christian Darrisaw, Ed Ingram, Brian O'Neill, and then there's only three backups. Uh, usually, teams like to have nine offensive linemen, but the Vikings only have eight <laughs> on their current oh, roster okay. right now. That's, so I think when you think of the run game, though, and the the, the reason they signed Josh Oliver yeah. and, and the big body tight ends that they do have, it doesn't really surprise me all that much. And I think it's of note. There's also Chris Reed, who is injured, currently injured right now, and I don't know their intentions with him, but I wouldn't be surprised if he were to, after he sits out the first four games, to be back in the mix as well in some capacity. Um, you know, there's always good to have depth there. And I think you'll see some names from the waived list that we just had recently, the cuts that we've made. That they'll, the, some, of those, some of those guards and tackles will pop, pop, pop up on, uh, on the practice squad. So they'll, they'll be that depth. 
Yeah, that full practice squad will be available on Vikings.com, Jay. For me, I think within that offensive line group, I, I don't think it can be uh, underrepresented just the idea of how much we're probably going to see a guy like Josh Oliver acting as a sixth offensive lineman too. So if you get to a point where you end up having to have a substitute coming in at tackle and stuff, that might mean they just keep some tight ends on the line there to help out as well for whomever would be filling in that replacement spot. But for me, if you've got the kind of core five plus the three, you got to feel like, yeah, like Tatum just said, you're either going to be having guys that are going to be popping up on the practice squad or there's going to be some other kind of moves or something that they've got either in the works or, or they're thinking about. And that's the other thing, like we talked about it off the top, like this is the initial 53-man roster. Yep. This absolutely will not stay the same. Yep. I would be highly shocked if it stays this way through week one or into week one because that's the other thing, too, to think about is after you sign the the practice squad guys, once you get past week one of the season, that's when – uh, your veterans and stuff like money is not guaranteed and you'll potentially yep. see some moves happening there too all around the league. The other thing that's kind of surprising me at this point right now is the amount of trades we are currently seeing yeah. today that are just flying everywhere, whether it's kickers or receivers or corners or whatever, like there's just a ton of movement going on. So again, as of now, this is the way, what we're reacting to. But at the same point, I still think there's going to be some sort of movement happening here in the next couple of days. Yeah, well, speaking of trades, the Vikings did trade tackle Vidarian low to the Patriots for a 2024 six-round pick. Uh, they'd made that trade official on Monday. So that does make more room for another uh, offensive lineman to fit into this 53-man roster when the Vikings start to make some moves. But uh, if you're not aware, the Vikings now have eight draft picks in 2024, this upcoming year's draft. They have a first-rounder, a second-rounder, two-fourths, two-fifths, and then two six-rounders in this upcoming draft. Uh, before we move to the defensive side of the ball, um, we, we got to pay some bills because we are calling all campers. And since we're calling you, we want you to join head counselor Josh DeMille as six teams – of best buddies battle it out in the ultimate summer camp throwback buddy games new series thursday september 14th on cbs got to start with the big guys up front defensive side of the ball the defensive linemen there are only five guys that are on this initial 53-man roster starting with mr jonathan bullard then dean lowry harrison phillips the rookie joaquin roy and then Kyrus Tonga, a guy who came on late uh, for this Minnesota Vikings team last year. That Just the, the beef up front, the defense side of the ball. I'll start with you, Jay. What, what are some things that stand out to you? Uh, five guys, that's it. You know, for a position that we've been kind of curious what was going to happen, especially needing to be a little more uh, bullish up front when it comes to the run game, only having five guys there technically at defensive tackle. I know you'll get into your outside linebackers and stuff a little bit more, but those guys in the middle, I mean, we all expect at this point Harrison Phillips to really, you know, be the anchor for that defensive line. So to me, I think the biggest piece was that, um, you know, I, I am really curious to see. I think we saw some good stuff out of Tonga last year as well. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, only having five guys in that position currently makes me feel like maybe there's going to be something happening again on practice squad, but that to me was my biggest takeaway was just seeing how few guys were left there at the defensive line position. I mean, you didn't think I was not going to mention Jaqueline Roy, right? Yeah, I mean, LSU. I'm just really excited to see that guy up there. Agreed. He uh, looked awesome in that last preseason game. I felt like he had a presence. He was basically in the Arizona backfield more than the ball. I mean, he was just <laughs> back. He was just fast, big bodied. And, and I'm really excited to see what he can do if this is just – 
you know, the the direction he heads in. I'm I'm pretty pumped to have him here. And yeah. I think clearly by, you know, they're this the staff's not afraid to kind of uh not prolong something they don't see. Sure. You know, they're making calls wherever they see them. And so I think that they see something in him and and I'm excited. I'm excited for that for Jaquelin. One thing I am curious about with that only being five guys in there, you know, in the past we've seen more defensive line by committee and rotation and trying to keep people fresh. Again, is that going to be the case because they only have five guys in that position at this yeah. point? Um, or is there something more coming? So for me, that was just why when I only saw five at the defensive line position, kind of raised an eyebrow a little bit. But hey, those guys know better than I do at this point. Yeah, five defensive linemen. And there are four inside linebackers and five outside linebackers. The linebackers in no particular order, Brian Asamoah, Andre Carter II, the rookie, the undrafted rookie, Andre Carter II from Navy. Then Fantastic. you got Marcus Davenport. Troy Dye, Jordan Hicks, Daniil Hunter, Patrick Jones II, another undrafted guy in Ivan Pace Jr., who everybody's been talking about. And then rounding out the linebacker position is number 98, the fourth-year guy, Mr. DJ Wanham Tatum. Just a very eclectic group of, of guys in that linebacker position. But when you look at that room, what are some things that really, really stand out to you? I think what excites me is the veteran presence in both positions outside and inside and the excitement of like youth and talent and athleticism underneath them. So like I know you touched on this a little bit in our roster cut special studio show that we have right now on Vikings.com where Jordan Hicks is just such a veteran and a lot of these guys are going to learn so much from him. I feel the same way about having Daniil and Marcus there for the younger guys to kind of continue to grow underneath them. Um, You know, I think that PJ2 and DJ Wanham have a good opportunity to come in here and make some noise behind Daniil and Marcus. And a guy like Andre can learn from all of this. And so I think that it's just kind of a really great mixture across the board. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to see what Brian Flores does with these guys. And, you know, who doesn't love a, like an underdog story? And you see these two guys, Ivan and Andre, yeah. in the mix, and it's just it's really cool. Andre Carter is so raw. Like it, it, it makes huge. it makes a guy in Brian Flores uh, salivate over that because sure. you kind of get a guy to develop that has all the physical traits, but just hasn't had the opportunity to put it all together. So uh, I'm sure Brian Flores is looking at that as a project and Andre Carter the second, but just that linebacker unit as a whole, Jay, what are some things that stand out to you? Well, similar to what you're just talking about with Andre, the feeling has been that way behind DJ Wanham and Pat Jones the second. And if now is the time for those guys to step up, like we were just talking about, you got your veterans, you got your your rookies, let alone undrafted rookies that are in this group. These are the guys now that are in kind of that middle tier and they need to step up this year. I think everyone's going to expect Daniil to be here and be the leader within that group. Um, you know, as long as he can stay on the field, then yeah, he's typically going to be a, a one man wrecking crew when it comes. But that also means that he's going to get a ton of attention. So again, what's the philosophy going to be? Are we going to let him turn him loose and let him go nuts? Or are we going to be doing a little bit of rotation just to keep those guys fresh? If so, that's what we've done in the past with Wanham and with, with Pat. And so hopefully both of those guys take that next step, mm. get to a point where they are relied upon that way. And I guess, you know, looking at a guy like Troy Dye too, can't be understated how much they use him for special teams as well. And so, you know, all of the people within here, whether you're the veteran or the new guys, all of them have crucial roles that they're going to be needing to play on game day. And for me, it's fun to see a lot of long athletic talent within that group. And uh, it's going to be fun to see what a guy like, uh, 
you know, Jordan Hicks does now as a veteran and then mixing that in with an Ivan Pace Jr. who's just kind of the raw rookie talent. So, yeah, it's a very, very exciting and, and athletic group and I uh, can't wait to see him on Sunday. Ooh, it'll be a lot of fun. September 10th, week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we get there, we, we talked about the guys who can stop the run, but what about the guys that can stop the pass? The Minnesota Vikings have invested heavily in their secondary. We talked about eight offensive linemen, five defensive linemen. There's 11 guys from the secondary that made the initial 53-man roster. No passes caught. I mean, <laughs> we, could, we could just no put flies a, yeah, up, I mean, guys. we might as well just line them all up. We got, we got a start in 11 right there on yeah. defense. Just, just Who needs pressure? Right. But when you got Makai Blackman, Andrew Booth Jr., Cam Bynum, Lewis Cena, Caleb Evans, Theo Jackson, Josh Metellus, Byron Murphy Jr., Harrison Smith, Najee Thompson, and Jay Ward, that makes for a very, very, I guess, a wide range of experience when it comes to uh, people who are trying to stop the pass for opposing teams, Tatum. I just feel like the cornerbacks, cornerbacks have a lot to prove this season. I think that they are a bit of an unproven group. I know that uh, Byron Murphy Jr. obviously is probably the one with the most experience and we know how talented he is. So I don't feel like that necessarily is descriptive of him. But I know that when you look at Andrew Booth or Caleb Evans or Najee Thompson, Makai Blackman, these are guys that are, what, first, second-year players right now that, I mean, you've got – no, it is. It's They're two right, yeah. second-year players and mm-hmm. two rookies. Yeah. So uh, That entire group, there's only three guys that have more yes. than two seasons in the NFL. That's, so that's, 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 so that's, that's why I think this is a very, very unproven group and, and really not being thrown into the fire by any means. But, but definitely something for me to watch. I think that's, that's you know, going to be a huge factor in the way this defense. And this, is, this all comes back down to the linebackers in the line being able to put enough pressure so that it makes their jobs, they can play a little more loose and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that to me is a real big group to watch because I'm excited about this safety room. I almost have more confidence in that just because of the proven talent there. Um, but, uh, yeah, quarterback is a big question mark for me. To me, this is the chaos core of just <laughs> these 11 guys. I think this is the group that typically Flores leans on to be the ones that cause havoc from his defense and to have the youth and the athletic talent with these guys. The thing that jumped out to me was we were talking, there's 11 guys, but six of them are safeties. Normally right. you have less safeties, more cornerbacks, and this is flipped, which to me tends to feel like, man, you're going to be playing a lot more kind of your nickels and dimes and just kind of crazy cloud coverage type pieces yep. with all of those guys. And, you know, a guy like Harrison Smith, he's the veteran. Everyone's going to look at him and say, you're the leader. But at the same point, You've got some crazy talent there, and you know Jay Ward would be in the rookie coming in. I think there's the sack fumble that he had, showing him coming off the edge and making some plays there. Um, then you've also got your Metellus, your Theo Jackson. I mean, Metellus is somebody that you know stepped up in some big spots as well. And then uh, Cam Bynum and Lewis Seen. I mean, we're expecting a lot of those guys as well to continue to step up and be those um, proven guys, even though we're at a point where. As we said, there's only three guys on the right. roster who's been here for more than two years. So hopefully this younger, crazy talent group um, you know, solidifies because so much, whether it's a linebacking core or a secondary or something, there's second, there's just unwritten rules. You can hopefully look at each other and know exactly what the other person's thinking. Like, you got this, I got that, we're good. And it doesn't, it, there's just unspoken uh language there between that group. And as oh, long yeah. as those guys 
solidify throughout the season and feel like they're all on the same page, I think they can definitely be a deadly group. So I'm, I, again, it's, it, it's fun to see the youth really popping in these different groups. Uh, it'll be fun to see the youth because we were calling all campers to join head counselor Josh DeMille as six teams of best buddies battle it out in the ultimate summer camp throwback buddy games. A new series starts Thursday, September 14th on CBS. Rounding us out for the 53-man roster, the initial 53-man roster, are the specialists. No surprises here. The kicker will be Greg Joseph, the punter will be Ryan Wright, and our long snapper will be Andrew DePaula. Do you, do you suspect any type of competition battles between now and week one? I mean, we've, we've seen it here. Um, we've seen crazy stories happen the past couple of years with this Minnesota Vikings team, but just from what we've seen from the three of those guys, Jay, do you, do you expect any type of last-minute competition to, to come in and try to derail any of those guys from their spots? Not not like right off the bat, in my okay. opinion. Looking at these guys, one of the things you tend to want in your specialist group is consistency. It feels like these guys all have a rapport with each other. Um, Ryan Wright has just been absolutely bombing kicks all preseason. And, you know, Greg has been hitting 50-plus yep. um, in different uh, scenarios and stuff, too. So, like, having the veteran group there, having all those guys feel like, you know, the snap, the hold, the kick, all of them having their roles that they play. It feels like as of now, that is a solidified group. So, hopefully, uh, a group that tends to give Vikings fans angst over the years is something that, that can be just an afterthought and they can go out and do their job. Um, if something does change, I mean, that'll be something that'll – definitely be a headline but as of now i think you know the fact that these guys are are a cohesive group i think you probably look at them and this is what it's going to be for the year consistency 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 yeah. i yeah. mean we talked about the offensive line no new friends no new faces like that's a good thing when it comes to this so then you have the consistency of having matt daniels back at at coordinator you know i think when you have an all pro long snapper and your punter, like you said, is booming kicks, and your kicker is reliable. I, I what? Do, what else do you really want? I mean, yeah, you if know, it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Yeah. And at this point, just let that be the consistent piece of it that they can go through, go through their routine, go out there, do their jobs, and then get off the field so everybody else can keep scoring points. Well, this was fun. We, as we all know, we we did not want to speculate too much because this roster is very fluid. And with that said, we will have another podcast on Thursday of this week with updates from the 53-man roster. But in the time between now and then, Kevin O'Connell, Quisi Adolfo Mensa, they'll address the media this upcoming Thursday and provide analysis on the what, the why, the how, and the when of this 53-man roster. And I guess in between now and then, the full practice squad list will be located on Vikings. Dot com. So for Eric Davidson, Tatum Everett, Jay Nelson, and our 53-man roster, my name is Gabe Henderson. Thank you again for tuning into the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Twin Cities Orthopedics. Talk to you Thursday. Did you know milk hydrates better than water and it's packed with 13 essential nutrients? Grab a cold glass of milk to beat the heat and boost your energy. Brought to you by Undeniably Dairy.